What's up, strongest men, women, and children from blocks all around the world? I am my block strongest man with my cohort partner in crime, Isaac from Hunger Smash Fitness. If you haven't yet, subscribe to both of our YouTube channels and get ready for another great episode of Strong and Stronger, episode three. We have some incredible guests today who are about to introduce themselves. Why don't you introduce yourself, special guests? You can go first, Gabby. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Gabby. I'm from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I've been competing in Strongman for three years um, since my junior year of high school. I'm a freshman in college now. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I'm a three times national champ and I've competed at OSG. Those are my, my most favorite things to say. <laughs> yes, we will definitely talk about those things more. So uh, Nick, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm uh, from Midway, Georgia. I've competed in Strongman for about 12 years. Started as a teen, about 8th, ninth grade in high school. Um, competed at OSG in 2017 and 18, missed 19. But uh, yeah, just looking forward to CGSM this year. Awesome. And OSG was uh, didn't happen last year, but it's back this year. So everybody's looking really forward to that. I see Jessica has joined us too. Jessica, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. Yeah, I literally just got home. Like, I have my food and wine um, here, so. <laughs> I'm working on a car later, don't worry. Yeah, I've been working at powerlifting meet all day, so there are four of us spotting and loading, so I'm very tired. Um, but my name's Jessica, and I've been doing strongman for this makes going on four years, three years. Started in 2018. Um, I got third place at USS Nationals in 2019 and went to Pro Women's Worlds 2019, did absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> then, uh, I've qualified for the Arnold this past year and Strongman Games, um, just re-qualified for Strongman Court Nationals and I made a promise to my state rep to get my pro card this year. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. That's awesome. And Jessica, for those of us who are kind of behind the curve, what is the correct pronunciation of your last name? Mitchell. Oh, I thought it was your Instagram handle. And I was trying to think. No, <laughs> no. that's just, I liked pirates a lot growing up as a kid. Like, so everything's pirate themed. Like my email address is pirate themed. It's just, still a pirate at 31 years old you know it's cool awesome. <laughs> that's really cool so um yeah so jessica you just joined i'll reintroduce isaac he's from hunger smash fitness he's has his own youtube channel we kind of collaborate on this live show we do one week on his channel one week on mine this is my week to host and uh he actually does amateur strongman so uh is can speak much more intelligently on lots of these topics than i can gotcha <laughs> Cool. So the way we usually start off is we just talk about kind of the best videos we've done this past week, uh, Isaac and I. And, you know, all of you feel free to chime in on, you know, if you've ever had any interactions with these people or, you know, anything you'd like to say. So I'll just jump in first. Um, Isaac, why don't we do why don't we do yours first? Because you've been doing a lot of World's Ultimate Strongman profiles. And so if you had to pick one or two of your favorites that you got out in the last week or so, what would you say they are? Um. I don't know. I think of all the World Ultimate Strongman ones, I uh, 
Jeff Crone is probably one of my favorites, actually, out of the guys competing this year. Um, and as you can see from the views as well, he's he's had the most views. So I have a, a feeling that more people seem to like him as well. I have several more videos that are in the works, but I noticed that when I recorded them, for some reason, there was no audio. So uh, I am re-recording all of those, re-editing all those videos. Um, which is kind of miserable because finals are coming up with school and everything else. So I need to um, try and find time to get those done before March 13th since it got uh, pushed back a little bit there. But um, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, all the World Ultimate Strongman profile videos, they're just um, snapshots of the athletes, kind of what they've been doing to prepare, what their strong points are, what their weak points are. Try to just go through and give a, uh, a little sample and so you can kind of get to know the athlete briefly and then uh and then at the end of the video i i have my predictions on how they're going to place and uh i've been i've been getting a little bit of flack because you know everybody has their favorite athlete and uh i'm not saying that everyone's favorite athlete is going to win so apparently people don't appreciate that <laughs> but it's, it's the way it goes i guess I run into it, lad, a lot myself. So for any of our guests, do you have a favorite amongst here? Uh, Adam Bishop, Janasha, any of uh, Caron, any of these guys that um, Isaac has put up? And, you know, have you ever had interactions with any of them or have anything uh, positive to say? Or negative to say. You can also have anything negative to say about them as well. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we can move on to mine. And these are all the people that I had on my channel recently. So in the last week, I kind of released a few interviews, a few different um, started started going to Central Georgia's Strongest Man. So I'm doing color commentary there. And that's kind of the main reason or one of the main reasons that we have Nick and Gabby here. So I started doing my uh, predictions and athlete spotlights. And here's Nick's actually right here. So which is doing pretty good with views. And, you know, kind of the, the thing that comes to mind with you, Nick, is uh, that old saying, that old scientific saying, which, Isaac, you might be familiar with being uh, in the sciences yourself. If I have a, a lever long enough and a fulcrum strong enough, I can move the earth. I mean, if I have a lever long enough and a middleweight strong enough, I can move some crazy squat weight. Uh, Nick, how did you get so powerful? <laughs> um, for the most part, squats always came natural to me. Part of the reason I got into the sport of strongman was just going through football in middle school, high school. I mean, um, in eighth grade, I was putting up 455 on back squat. So it was kind of just a shoe. And my dad had a friend in strongman. He uh, talked about me at work, kind of shooed me into the sport and uh, just kind of taken off sense. So I've always had pretty good leverage when it comes to uh, to squatting. And then, uh, like I said, I just kind of took on strongman. It seemed like a cool event for me. So just kind of pushed on from there. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about your overhead pressing later too. You're doing like a hundred pounds over comp weight. It's just unbelievable. So we'll uh, we'll we'll get we'll get to that later. Um, and so then some of the other stuff that I have out this week. Uh, also for Central Georgia, we had um, Cody Reese had a pullout. So Andrew Prosser has stepped in, and he's just a, a giant, really impressive guy. Um, I had part three of my interview with the great Jessica Fithin come out this week. Um, Costin Sutton, rising star in Strongman. So that one is doing really well, and he's getting a lot of good attention, as well he should. And uh, then Haley Manipole and Matt McDougal, the kind of two-for-one interview that I did there. Part three is out of that interview this week. So I had a lot of really cool stuff uh, come out. Oh, Leo DiGisaris as well. So that was all in the last week. 
And of course, my buddy Muscles Marinara, Anthony San Lorenzo. So I had a lot of um, like six or seven videos come out this past week. So Isaac, that's all the good stuff I had come out. Any comments on any of that? No, that's impressive. Um, yeah, like I said, I haven't been re releasing as many lately just with uh, finals and everything coming up. And, and uh, physics takes up most of my time, which I'm not appreciating, not enjoying as much. Um, but, you know, what can you do? So, um, yeah, I was going to say, because uh, how many you have a couple more videos still for the Georgia Strongest Man, right? Quite a lot. Yeah. So there are um, Nick and Gabby. Do you know, is it 65 competitors that are that are competing there? I'm pretty sure it's 65. They capped it at 65. Okay. And then for anybody who's watching this in the comments, if you are a competitor, please reach out to me. Sometimes it's tough to uh, match up your first and last name with your Instagram handle. So I, I desperately do want to cover you and give you all the attention that you deserve and get you and the, um, uh, the competition organizers more attention for this. So definitely DM me. I am at MyBlockStrongest on Instagram and uh, we'll get a spotlight video made for you. Or if you are a strong man or strong woman athlete or anything like that, uh, let us know because we're trying to bring more attention to lesser known athletes as well out here. So if you have a favorite or anything, put it in the comments, um, shoot us a DM, whatever, and uh, let us know. We'll try and get some publicity to them. Yeah, more known or lesser known. I also interviewed Donna Moore, so there you go. <laughs> Check out that one if you haven't yet. That was uh, quite a quite a great interview. So I think, Isaac, that kind of covers our best stuff in uh, the last week. Uh, we usually talk about also best compliment or lifting advice we've gotten from a strongman. I don't know if I came across any this week. Have you? Um, Not this week, I don't think. Uh, I haven't really had any uh, too many interactions this week. But uh, any of our guests, you guys, if, if there's a, a novice – strong individual that wanted to ask for your advice on something, what was, what would be the one tip that you think could really set them down the right course to be a, uh, a competitive athlete in the field? Um, I'll chime in. I'm uh, I would definitely say don't neglect endurance. I know that sounds goofy, but like, I think the thing that set me, ahead of, of a lot of people. I, well, I mean, I'm not like super ahead of people, but I'm saying like, you know, for being at the point that I am for my age, I think is the fact that I train endurance as well as strength. So like I can pick up heavy things, but I can also take them far for a long time or like I can lift a heavy stone and I can do it more than twice and be, you know, not horribly winded. Um, so just train endurance. Don't neglect the endurance. So do you mean, gonna, uh, in endurance as in like 10 reps or do you mean you know five minutes on the treadmill or are you talking more like a long-term endurance um honestly i so <laughs> i guess i'm gonna kind of like draw back a little bit so my i train i do crossfit as well as strongman um so our kind of our motto in our gym is we do the same crossfit or workouts that but we do them heavier. So, you know, I do the same 21, 15, 9 kettlebell swings, pull-ups, but my kettlebell swings aren't 55 pounds, they're 75 pounds. 
Um, so it's that, I think it's more of that like long-term endurance that then fits, that fits into that like minute period when you're doing a strongman, the, yeah, the 60, 75 second period when you're in strongman. Um, so like I, I did 13 reps of a 315 deadlift in 60 seconds. That was, and, and I was, I don't think very many people, well, the other girl who did it got, she could, she did pretty well, but it was like, she was extremely winded. And I was just slightly winded. Um, and I think that has to do with the fact that I have just built up that endurance. I'm going to yeah, take I'm, a big uh, guess. Yeah, yeah, Jessica, that you're kind of, <laughs> insane. Oh, we, we've I seen was, you run around for a long time with lots of implements. Yeah. I was going to say like that endurance, I think a lot of people overlook like they think strongman and they're like, Oh, you lift heavy things. I was like, yeah, but I also like run with those heavy things. Um, and like, just like Gabby was saying, my coach, um, my coach has been in strongman since 2012. Um, she's been, she was like one of the first group of female athletes for strongman to compete at the Arnold. Um, so she's been around and she's also done CrossFit. She's also done powerlifting, Olympic lifting. She knows her shit. Oh, can I say that? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Uh, you're good. We're good. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I have she now. Well. Um, she knows her stuff and like when it's time to do conditioning, just like Gabby, I'm doing CrossFit workouts. Like at the end, at the end of like my strength training, I have a wad, which is miserable and I want to die, but it builds up that endurance. So just like Gabby said, like, like it's going to suck when you're doing that for five to 10 minutes, given whatever you're doing. But then when you go to compete and you only have to do something that's going to take you 30 seconds, it's not that bad. And you're going to outperform people that don't take that part of the training seriously. Cause they're like, well, that doesn't really apply to strong man. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely deal with the suckiness of building up your endurance and that cardiorespiratory uh stress that you go through doing that um and then the only other thing that i would say for people that actually want to like compete is like you got to take it seriously more than just like oh i'm doing strongman and i want to like compete and be good like everyone that starts strongman they're like yeah i want to i want to compete and i want to do this but then they realize that it's hard and it's a lot of work and it becomes like i feel like the people that really get far into the sport, really pour themselves into it. Um, and that's just like any sport. Like if you want to be competitive and you want to be taken seriously, like you need to, you need to dedicate to it. Like you can't just say, yeah, I'm doing this cause it's cool. Like you got to do it cause you want to do it. Cause you're going to have those days that you go to the gym and you don't want to be there. Like you don't want to do that workout. You don't want to, it just like I had a day the other day, I just didn't want to be there, but I was there and I was doing the work because I want to be good. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're pretty honest about that on IG, you know, I'm doing this to overcome a challenge, not because it's always <laughs> what I want to be doing. I think uh, going off that uh, Christian Thibodeau, if you know who that is, he, he uh, he's a athlete coach, you know, writes a lot of articles and stuff like that on uh, strength training, everything. Um, he had a really interesting post though, saying basically out of 12 workouts, you're going to have 
six really good ones. What was it? Six good ones, four mediocre ones, and, and two really bad ones or something. And if you're um, on your good ones, if you're going too hard, if you're not able to uh, understand your body and learn how to pace yourself, then eventually you're going to be having fewer and fewer good workouts and more and more bad workouts where you just feel like nothing gets done. And I think that's, I think that's a great mindset to have where it's like on your good days, stick to the plan, maybe go a little bit over. Um, but on your bad days, you still have to go there and still, still fulfill your workout. Fine. Yeah. We had a, a comment come in that Isaac, you caught from the FSM 20 athletes win shows, powerlifters win events. FSM 20. Is that you farm strength? I think that's you. Our good buddy, Josh Hillen. I think that's who that is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's who it is. Yep. Awesome. All right. So good insight there from everybody. Nick, anything you wanted to uh, throw in as far as advice? No, I mean, endurance kind of hits the nail on the head. I mean, for the most part, you can do whatever you want to. Like you can deadlift all day, overhead press all day, squat all day, but if you're not going to go out there and move the implements around, move the events, I mean, you're not going to be worth a damn when it comes time to compete. Um, and even on top of that, like doing farmer's walks, you're not going to sit there and stop at 50 feet, 100 feet, 150 feet. Sometimes you got to take it to the to the edge, do about three, 350 feet. You can do every minute on the minute, pick them up, carry them, set it down, take your time, reset, go. Um, but yeah, endurance is huge, especially in the sport of strongman. Throw in sprints, hill climbs, plowler, sled. I mean, sky's the limit. Yeah, and Jessica had a good post about every minute on the minute, which we'll get to later, but a uh, <laughs> good segue there. So kind of the next thing, I wanted to talk about Central Georgia's Strongest Man a little bit. So, uh, Gabby, you can go first. How did you first find out about it and get interested in it? Um, we know your dad's going to be competing there, too, so very excited about talking to him as well at some point. But, yeah, how did you first get interested in and kind of drawn to it? Um. Yeah, so my dad is my, like, primary coach programmer i mean event coordinator <laughs> he i oh man he got me into strongman and and cgsm was actually my first competition i so i think earlier i said i started my junior year but it might have been my sophomore year of high school that i started and competed my first time yeah um and he he was it was it was a funny conversation i remember we were working out one day and he was like do you want to start lifting like i do Cause I I'd been doing, I'd been lifting, I've been lifting since like sixth grade, but he's like, do you want to start doing strongman with me? And I was like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and he's like, well, there's a competition coming up. It's in March. Um, it's right around, it's at your, it's during your spring break. You know, it's, it's not a far drive. We can go up and do it. It's, it's smaller. It's a lower, um, it's not as like, as like high level. Some, it, well, the one that I, I was competing in novice. So, you know, um, it's not like a world platform at that point. And he was like, you know, it'd be cool if you wanted to. So I said yes, and then I got into it, and I came in third. Um, <laughs> and so here's like you know, young Gabby competing against grown women, and I came in third in my first competition ever, and I was so excited. Um, and and then so since then it's just like it's a staple one. No matter what's happening, we will compete at it. Even even last year when it got canceled because of COVID. 
we still did um a lot of the events that were supposed to happen at our house i think we actually we did like a, a whole little mock you know cgsm mini at our house um and it's just it's like it's just a staple when it's a yearly thing we have to go to now that's awesome and then this year you are open not novice correct yeah yeah once i i competed in open um the second yeah so I, I my junior year i competed in open i got second um last year you know it wasn't here and then this year i'm, I'm open again but unfortunately there's nobody else in my weight class so um but yeah i'm, I'm open heavyweight yeah i mean i can let the cat out of the bag when i make the spotlight video about you i'm going to predict you to win the class <laughs> no uh, no pressure uh, though okay yeah. no pressure <laughs> yeah and for anybody who's not aware this is gabby's dad uh shannon willits he's known as fat kid fitness and a lot of great posts himself so definitely check him out on ig and then uh nick how did how did central georgia strongest fan first come across to you it's is it fairly local for you yeah, so it's normally been over in Macon, and uh, my first competition was Monster in the Midlands. Like I said, I, don't know, I was like freaking 12, 13 years old, and then I got kind of got hooked in strong, and the second show I ever did was CGSM, and they started out in the, uh, the Cherry Blossom Festival over there in Macon, and they've had it there for I don't know how many years, and they got moved over, and then they had it at the, uh, that local state farmer's market they got going on, and I'm pretty sure it's where it's supposed to be again, and they moved it from last year to the the Warner Robins Air Force Base till we just got switched over again to Fit for Life. But um, yeah, I've been competing at CGSM for eight, nine years since it started. Took about two years off. So the 11th one's going to be pretty nice. Kind of sucks they have an athlete cap, but I mean, COVID and everything going on, I can't really help that. So it's just nice seeing everything grow. Yeah, I mean, you have a fair number of athletes in your class, though, don't you? Let me take a quick look. Um, it is – I mean, I think you're going to win the class. Let's be transparent. But, <laughs> the you, yeah, you have actually a bunch of guys I couldn't find information on. William Fain, uh, Reed Smith, Tyler Pruitt actually told me he's not competing after all, unfortunately. Uh, Jeremy Williams and Seth, Tom Seth, Seth Thompson's looking really good. Yeah, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, so, Isaac, should we move on to our first uh, post that we wanted to talk about today? Uh, we have one question in the comments, actually, for Gabby. Um, oh, we do. It says, what was it like qualifying for OSG at such a young age? Yeah, there you go. What was going through your head with the Viking press of that show? That constant effort is something I showed my daughters. So, see, you're already a role model. <laughs> yeah, actually... <laughs> Oh man, that was like such, I don't know. That was such an amazing thing for me to qualify for. Um, <laughs> the, the Viking press, oh my goodness. Um, I think that's gonna like forever be a movie moment in my head. I was standing down there with like all of the women. It was um, like Rebecca and Haley were down there with me. And I, my dad was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna let you let you go. You got it. And he went up to the stands to watch me. And I just broke down sobbing, like hardcore sobbing on the floor because I was so nervous. It was like such a so much bigger than any any competition I'd ever been to. Um, and then they they sat there and they're like, You're gonna do amazing. And I knew I wasn't gonna get a rep on the the Viking crest, but I still went out there and tried and tried and tried. 
um there was actually two little girls i i don't i don't know who whose daughters they were but they came up to me after that and they're like can we get a picture with you please and i was like whoa i kind of feel like a celebrity here it was pretty cool um i i don't know i just think that's i i think it was amazing it was an amazing experience <laughs> that's an incredible story you referring to rebecca lorch and Haley randall um no rebecca chesson she's from australia I, um uh yeah she's from australia yeah and and, and Haley randall oh my gosh two amazing women <laughs> Yeah, anybody who hasn't seen Haley Randall deadlift, go look it up. It's it'll blow your mind. That's an incredible story, and thanks, Josh, for the question. That was awesome. All right, so what do you think, Isaac? We move on to our first uh, analysis of this week's social media and strongman and strongwoman. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's get it started. All right, let's check it out. So the first one that I think we had to discuss was I found this post about somebody making a sled out of an old tire. And I, it just made me think of, let's ask some strong man, strong woman athletes, have you ever had to make something because you couldn't get one or have somebody on your team make it for you? So whoever would like to go first, I'd love to hear any stories you've had of having, having to improvise, improvise and implement. I tried to make a sandbag when um, the coronas first shut everything down. And it lasted for all of about the first run, and then it just exploded. <laughs> so, what'd you make it out of? Oh, I had some random, like, it was kind of like burlap, but not like strong enough, obviously. And then I had a really old Victoria Secret beach bag that I stuffed it into. So, like, I put the sand in the burlap bag, and then I stuffed it into the Victoria Secret beach bag and then I duct taped it all shut and there were also like some 25 and 10 pound plates in there because the sand wasn't heavy enough um and yeah I made it like the first or two runs and then it just bust open but I'm right now trying to figure out how to create a car walk implement for OSG this year um my neighbor owns a dealership and I've got him like looking out for old like Volkswagen like cars that are just pieces of crap that I can maybe buy and just gut to strap stuff into because there's I mean you can train like a heavy yoke but that's not going to replicate what that car is gonna feel like when you're carrying it I mean for the I decided to do the new under 64 kilo weight class for women or under 63 and i think that weight is 550. i think though the the 82 was 600 which is just ridiculous but i mean that swinging there's like a whole bunch of different kind of like elements to that that carry that you can't really implement unless you try and like create something to create that swinging and that pressure on your like your shoulders and your spine so yeah if anybody knows a volkswagen beetle that's just sitting on the side of a road and they want to get rid of it i'm your girl because i'm gonna carry that thing <laughs> I, I do not but i have a buddy andrew at credo strength equipment who has been a fabricator for 30 years who may have some uh, ideas on how you can approximate this that's good to know you should give me his information because Absolutely, we'll do. 
Yeah, he's a he's a great guy, always willing to help. How about Gabby or Nick? Have you ever had to create something out of nothing? Yeah, I've had a few things kind of similar on the sandbag. OSG had the sandbag toss in 2018. So a buddy of mine, we had the bright idea of taking a duffel bag, filling it full of sand, putting it inside a pillowcase, duct taping it as best as we could, and kind of had at it. Lasted for about two weeks till it exploded in the driveway. So, yeah, sandbags, it's probably better to, to purchase those. But for the most part, everything else at the house, like the log, yoke, and farmers that we have, we uh, just had some extra metal uh, laying around, welded it together, and hoped for the best. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, I actually came across a pretty cool sandbag manufacturer recently, uh, Muscle Pirate. I don't know if you guys have seen it, Ashley and Joshua over there. They look like they're making some uh, really cool stuff. Not sponsored, by the way, but hopefully one day. Gabby, how about you? Um, Actually, back to the Viking press. That's a weird implement to have, and we kind of have a very functional space for our gym, so we don't have enough space for just a, a straight-up Viking press. So we, <laughs> um, we had to make one off of, I mean, it was like we had like an axle bar attached to this weirdly welded piece of metal that was like, you know, that like shape that the, the actual pressing part. And then it came down into this like lever piece that stuck into our, um, our rig. And it moved like this. It was like, the, we had like bands wrapped around it. It was just, it was, it was an attempt because nobody could figure out really how it was going to be. So, yeah. It was, it was all right. <laughs> I've done the same thing, Gabby, with like, cause like you said, it's like not something gyms just have lying around. So we took a, it was like a barbell and there were sandbags involved and bands and like a landmine attachment and somehow it worked, <laughs> but it was very questionable. And if somebody wasn't like holding onto it when you weren't actually lifting it, it would just go flipping over. It was crazy. <laughs> that happened to us. We have like on, on the, the actual um, like yoke stand that we had it attached to, we have wall ball targets on the top of it and it tipped and it went flying into our ceiling and now we have this like gash into our ceiling into into our attic from the wall ball target just getting stuck in our ceiling from it just tipping <laughs> that's funny <laughs> great stories so isaac anything you wanted to ask or add on to that before we move on to our next post of the day um well i was gonna say uh probably a year and a half ago or so when i was first trying to get into uh strongman stuff it was right before the, the first con contest i did and uh, um i decided to try out a sandbag basically but i use an old military uh well we call them we call them sea bags in the navy but the green ones and uh i loaded it up to like i think it was 180 pounds something like that and then had a padlock on it and locked it shut and that thing lasted for several weeks until i until I got tired of it and didn't need it anymore. So, um, you know, if you, if you need, you can do a military surplus duffel bag and they're maybe 20 bucks or something like that. And then just throw odds and ends in it. But I will say the Cerberus strength heavy bag that I just bought 
is way nicer and it's much more evenly weighted. It, it's a, uh, it's more solid. It doesn't flop and, and everything as much. So it's, um, buying an actual heavy bag is, uh, is a lot nicer, but the military duffel bags will work if you're desperate. Um, and then as far as the Viking press, I was going to say, I had something similar where I was trying to do that for a while and I had a, uh, like a landmine attachment wedged into a power rack with the bar on it with some bands trying to hold it in place and trying to, to do that for a Viking press. And it, same thing. It did not work very well at all. Um, I didn't get hurt. Nobody else got hurt. So I guess it's a win. <laughs> but... No strong men were hurt in the making of that implement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. So let's go on to our next one. By the way, take a quick pause for anybody who's just joined in right now. Make sure to head over to Hunger Smash Fitness, both on IG and YouTube. Subscribe to him. He's putting out tons of great content and then right here my block strongest man subscribe here go over to ig right there i am my block strongest they wouldn't give me the three extra characters but follow me there please so moving on to our next one is gabrielle bergholzer goes to vegas and out angles everybody making frank Mir look small by comparison and looking every bit as big as nick best so what do what do folks think about about this and um i love gabby i interviewed her and she's very sweet and very informative and had a great time. I don't know if any of you have ever had the pleasure of speaking with her, but do you have any thoughts about what we're seeing here? Especially this one. I sent her a picture of my cat one time. <laughs> she has a, a cat that looked just like mine and I had to share. I was like, oh my God, look, our cats are the same. Um, but she always posts like really funny stuff. So I feel like if we were to like get to know each other, we would get along. Um, but she's fucking like, sorry, she's built. Um, like, I mean, she's just goals. Like, that's all I can say. Just goals. Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever saw one of her posts, it was, you know, regular people do regular pull-ups. She had like a, a stair increasing three bars in the last one she was doing pull-ups like to chest. And I'm like, who can do that? That's crazy. That, that's what first made me reach out to her. She's, uh, she's incredible. And she's actually... Um, part of the art i think it's called the army warrior fitness team where she's actually sponsored to train full-time and be a fitness ambassador for the youth and whatnot so really great cause there um i went to asm i don't remember when it was but it was in a in savannah and i didn't get to personally talk to her but i watched her and she was absolutely just amazing to watch compete she's so strong <laughs> and just like the funny just oh my gosh she's amazing <laughs> yeah let me see if i can pull up so um isaac and i did the after show for the mammoth strength challenge five see here's like all the cool stuff she does with kids and so it's really admirable but um here it is so she broke the overhead mauser block press record by a lot like it was 158 and her new record's 186 or something like that. Like totally shattered it. And when I interviewed her, I actually asked her, um, let's see if we can get a better here. This is probably a more wide angle shot. I asked her like, it looked like you had more in the tank. And she said, I did. I actually jokingly asked for a fourth attempt and they wouldn't give me one. I think she she's the type of person though, where she will pretty much out angle anybody. Um, you know, maybe not Brian Shaw or something like that, but other than that, I, I feel like 
Gabby's the type of person that will make anyone look small. Yeah, especially bicep wise. I mean, um, so this guy, uh, Peter Griffin, like he looks huge and her arms are every bit as big as his. Yeah, I definitely think that's like, like I know for me, I decided I want to be able to have a big overhead because I know that's something that a lot of girls, a lot of women struggle with. Um, so it plays to your advantage if you can outpress your weight class. And I mean, she clearly just, I mean, she's just amazing. <laughs> like that muscle strength and just the muscle that's there. Like I said, I want my arms to be like that one day. I aspire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so at Mammoth, Jessica Fiffin, who was competing in the same record breaker, but in heavyweight, like, was her biggest cheerleader and fan. And, like, that's generally a thing in strongmen and strongwomen that you don't see everywhere else. Like, for any of you, would you like to kind of talk about the camaraderie in the sport? Well, I, I can go for that. Actually, that's that's what originally hooked me to it. Because, I mean, I've, I've talked about it a little bit before, though. Did a, did a powerlifting meet and um, was kind of bored out of my mind. Like, everybody was sitting in their own corner, angrily listening to their own music, waiting 30 minutes to do each lift. Um, and I, I was like, this just, it takes all day. And I'm, I'm kind of just bored. And then I did a strongman comp and everybody in between events, everybody's hanging out, you know, everyone has sleeves of cookies that they're swapping and, you know, gummy bears and everything. Everyone's eating and having a blast and they're just, everyone was happy. And, uh, and, you know, my wife and I, we just had our first, our first, uh, boy. And so he was six, seven months old, something like that. Um, and it was hilarious having these like 300 pound, you know, sweaty dudes, massive beards go out, you know, throwing weights around. And then as soon as they're done, come over, can I hold the baby? Can I, is it my turn to hold the baby? <laughs> sure. Go for it. <laughs> like means I don't have to watch him. So, um, that was, I mean, that was what hooked me originally was just, everybody was, everybody was helping each other and offering advice and like, and it was, it was like, you know, I've, I've never met any of these people before. I have no clue who they were except Grant Higa. He was the guy, um, uh, refereeing and everything. He was the only one that I even knew who he was. Um, and everyone was just super nice and helpful and friendly. And I was like, all right, I'm hooked. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of big hairy beards, Nick, you got the beard going, you got the power beard, like a lot of strong men these days. Is that like a Samson thing? Does it give you more power? Like what's up with the power beard? I mean, I guess. Yeah. Cause it's kind of hit and miss. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a power thing. Definitely Samson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so let's go, let's go to our next one. So the next one was the aforementioned, uh, Joshua the Viking Cruz from Muscle Pirate. So this one just caught my attention because I'm like, wait a minute, a guy as big as Brian Shaw. This is crazy. So I don't know. What does everybody think about? Ha have you seen him compete before? Like any thoughts? Um, I, this was the first time I ever came across him. I had never seen him before, but I, uh, I went through and like scrolled through his page and, and uh, him and his, I think that's his wife, are impressive they're i enjoyed like looking through their feet and everything yeah we actually uh highlighted her last week we were um doing her truck pull post so she is very impressive as well ashley judge 
So what do you think, Nick? Have you come across this guy before? I have not, no. I'm not familiar with him at all. Yeah, extremely impressive, though. Um, yeah, I think Brian still has him on the forearms, but just about everywhere else, they're pretty equal. Yeah, his size is just impressive. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's six eight, like Brian Shaw is. So, yeah, just kind of that one caught my attention. So, yeah. moving on. We have, Our uh, very own Gabby Willits. Oh, I was going to say, real quick, before we move on, we have one question in the comments, though, asking yeah. um, what keeps everyone motivated? So if anyone has anything in particular that they're competing for or anything like that, uh, go ahead and share it. Yeah, for me, it's the competition in general. So, like, I'll find times if I go three, four, five months without a competition, I kind of get bored or whatever, kind of lose the motivation to go out and work out, kind of eat right, whatever. So then I'll go to a competition, kind of get kicked in the teeth a little bit and uh, brings that motivation back. Yeah, something tells me, Nick, that you do most of the kicking. But how many times a year do you usually compete? Like in a not in a world situation type of year, but in a normal year? I tried to at least three or four. It's been less here recently. I came back from a back injury about two, three years ago. But I'm starting to get my feet wet back in the sport a bit. Yeah, um, if you want, uh, you want to talk about that injury at all? Like what it was and how you kind of overcame it? If you don't, that's fine. No, that's fine. Um, competed at uh, North Carolina Strongest Man by uh, Lynn up there running. He runs the official strongman games now for the most part. But, um, yeah, we had Atlas Stones, and he likes to have that stupid crazy height at about 60 inches for that first light stone. And I went to go extend, and body just gave out. Stone hit the floor. Uh, I didn't feel like pushing any further. And then uh, later on, went to go lay down, couldn't get back up. Uh, went back home. Turned out I had a uh, stress fracture in my L5 and had two bulging discs. So took about a year and a half, two years to, to get back from that. That sucks. Um, yeah. You feel I, like you're back to normal now? Yeah, it's like, let's talk about motivation now after hearing like that. Uh, <laughs> terrible. Sorry, I snort when I laugh. Wow, Nick, way to kill the mood. <laughs> Party foul. Now, I, br I bring that stuff up to say, like, we're going to see Nick's post later, and he's incredible. And it's just, I think it does motivate people to say, I can go through something really difficult and still overcome incredible challenges. <laughs> And uh, Nathan Palin, I think that's how you say his name, just commented too. He says, uh, Gabby just doesn't want me to be stronger than her, so she keeps pushing herself. So, so, uh, uh, so which Gabby, which Gabby Willits or Burkholzer? Which one? <laughs> um, yeah, he's talking about me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> that's my boyfriend. Um, he just started Strongman. <laughs> um He's doing like a little local comp in April. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to plug him. Um, and we're currently, yeah, so fine. he's significantly taller than me, but he weighs about 35 pounds less than me. <laughs> um, so he's stronger than me in pressing, but I'm significantly, like my deadlift is, I don't know, three times more than his or something like that. But um, no, so he's sorry. He's Oh my goodness! Should we uh, should we try and get him on the channel next week so he can defend himself, or is this uh, <laughs> something else? Uh, 
Hit me up, oh. Nathan. We'll get you on here, buddy. Yeah, and by the way, as far as the motivation question, thank you, Josh, for that question. That was a great one. Yeah. I guess, oh, oh I might. Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. I feel like for me, the thing that keeps me motivated is just like pushing to see what I can do next. Like, um, like I pressed 225 for the first time last month and like, I was so excited that day. And then I'm like, okay, now I want what's next. Like, so like, even though I had this like huge accomplishment, like I was so excited, like it lasted just a couple hours um, because that motivation to like, see what, what's next. Like, even when I compete, like when I go to a competition, I am not at all excited that I'm actually going to compete. I'm excited about what comes after that competition. Like I am excited about what happens next in training. Like, so for me, it's, just what's next, not knowing and seeing what I can do. Yeah. I mean, weights are infinite, right? So you always can have a, an incremental challenge above what you've already accomplished. So that's awesome. By the way, uh, Gabby, uh, Nathan says you win. True. I agree. <laughs> uh, we have another question actually from Sam in the comments. What are your guys' opinion on powerlifters and bodybuilders? Ooh, that's a, that's an open-ended one. Um, I don't see power. So, um, I like do Olympic lifting also. So I, I do like three things. Um, I honestly think power lifters are, I, I love watching power lifting videos and like meeting power lifters because it's the deadlift for a, a power lifter is significantly different than the deadlift that like I do because a power lifter does it as their sport. And I feel like if you like look at strongman, it's, it's not the only thing that we do. So like powerlifters have their three movements and they, they perfect them. But strongman, it's kind of like you do what you find works best for you. Um, cause most of us aren't, again, most of us aren't training to be like, you know, number one at just deadlift and mm -hmm. squat and bench. So I, I don't know much about bodybuilders though. So I can't say much on that. I've known a few bodybuilders and I would say like, especially the ones that compete, there is such dedication because it's not just what you do in the gym. Like they'd go in, they do their workout, they do cardio. If like they, if that's in what they're, whatever part of their programming they're in, but it's everything else outside of the gym, like everything down to like what they're eating every single day, like everything. It's just so much that they have to do to be good because it's not like strongman where you go and you do something and you either do it or you don't like that's what you're getting judged by like for bodybuilding you're getting judged by all this work that you have put into like inside and outside of the gym and i mean it's just real dedication to do that so i gotta give it to them like that's tough <laughs> what do you think nick yeah, I can agree with both of the facts. I mean, bodybuilding is a lot of discipline, takes a lot of time, energy, money. I mean, it's just all around dedication. And then with powerlifting, I mean, I mean, Gabby hit the nail on the head with it, talking about they have three disciplines. You got the bench, squat, and deadlift. Whereas a strongman, you got the overhead press. It can be log, circus dumbbell, axle. You got all the different variations of deadlift. 
So it's just more important and strongly more well-rounded in all these different things instead of specializing in one. <clears throat> yeah, so thanks, Sam, for that question. That was a great one. Nick, I have a follow-up on that, actually. Do you have a favorite overhead um, event? Yeah, I, I love the log. Axel just absolutely beats the crap out of me. <laughs> and so does Circus Dumbbell. Log is just a hell of a lot easier for me. I would not be able to tell with Axel. I'll say that right now. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched his post. His, his Axel is incredible. I appreciate it. Log is the devil. I don't know how you love Log. <laughs> I hate Log. I hate it so much with a passion. Why? You don't like neutral grip or what is it about it? It's like a mental thing for me. Like my Axel, like I can continental clean. Last time I tested it, I got 215 on axle overhead, like super easy, but log, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I think I've done 185 as my max on it. And I haven't tested that in over a year, but it's just something about this giant, like metal thing freaks me out. So instead of like pressing it directly overhead, like I should, I like to throw it away from me and then I just get frustrated. So I don't know. It's a mental thing, I think, because I can press like way more in, on barbell and axle than I can on log. And it's just annoying. <laughs> yeah, metal can be scary. S Steve Slater, send this girl a wooden log. Why don't you? Come on. <laughs> I was going to say, too, with log, it's 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 so different than a barbell because with a barbell, you can get it and you, you can rack in right here, right next to your chin. Whereas with the diameter of the log, you're out, you know, you're out several inches kind of in front of you. And so the starting point is very different than with, an, with a barbell or an axle as well. So it's, it's a, I feel like it's a completely, I mean, it's a completely different movement. Like your starting yeah. point, everything, your yeah. leverages are just completely different. You've got that start where like, like I know for me, I get like a little bit of an arch in my back. So I'm yeah, like looking back. straight up at the ceiling. So <laughs> Like, I know there's some people that can just press it and not have to do that. But, like, that's me. I'm, like, looking up at the ceiling. And I'm, like, oh, Lord. Like, now we're going to try and press this over our head. And I got to watch it go up there. Like, <laughs> I would rather not. Yeah, that center of gravity thing, I think, gets exaggerated even more with a Mauser block or, like, some type of block press. I don't know if any of you have, uh, you know, done that quite a bit or not. But uh, any thoughts about pressing blocks? I really like pressing blocks. I'm not particularly good at it, but that's just because my overhead's pretty weak. But uh, I love pressing blocks. It's so much fun. <laughs> I've only gotten to yeah. press a block once. So I don't really even know what I could do. I feel like it would be like log. I feel like it would be scary. And I'd be like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel it'd be a lot like my... log. I've never pressed a block, but I've, I've pressed some stones before. But yeah, the whole center of gravity thing freaking sucks. Yeah, also with either stones or a block, you don't have a handle to hang on to like you do with a log. So it's um, it. I was talking to Jamie Wilson about this recently, and uh, he attempted a record at Mammoth as well with the block. And he had an issue because he had trained exclusively with a grip shirt and he didn't use one in the comp. And basically when he got it racked on his chest, he had to uh, reposition his hands and it would slip down two inches by the time he was repositioned. And it was just totally blown by that point. So um yeah, it's interesting to get points of view. I've interviewed him, Steve Schmidt, Wyatt Dawson. They all have kind of different takes, but all of them will say, um, you know, there are many parameters that go into being able to do it successfully. 
I, I feel like that's one of the fun parts of strongman though, compared to um, powerlifting or something like that, where it's ever, I mean, there's in a contest. Yeah. You're going to have five or six events, but there's 70 different possibilities that they can pull from. And, you know, even like with, with deadlift, it could be a different diameter bar or a different height that you're lifting from, or you could be doing it for reps or for max or, you know, or it could be a, a medley or, you know, like there's just, there's so many variations of every single possibility that they could throw in there, which is what makes it frustrating because it's hard to train for that unless you know what the actual weights and events are going to be for the contest, but it also makes it fun because you're never going to be just doing, you know, well, it's, it's bench day, it's squat day, it's deadlift day, you know, over and over and over. It's, um, it's always something different that you're training. Yeah, so why don't we get back to our post where I was about to ask Abby, kind of talk us through your experiences as a uh, three-time national champ. I think folks, especially coming up, would love to hear about those experiences, you know, kind of the confidence boosters they were. And just overall, what were your experiences there? Yeah, so my first one was in New York, um, and that one I qualified because of CGSM. Um I compete in the teen division in nationals. Um, this upcoming one will be my last one as a teen. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just like, it was, it was crazy again, being at such a big place competing. Um, but it kind of showed that like, Hey, I'm strong. I, that that's pretty cool. Um, and I got to like flash around my cool, it was like a, a New York skyline trophy. And I, I brought it to school and I was like, hey. um, and then, um, my second one was in Columbus and that was, uh, it was 20, 2019. And again, that was just like, that was so cool. Columbus is awesome. <laughs> um, and I just love competing with so many people, the energy at a strongman show is unmatched by anything else. Uh, and at least as a competitor, like, again, I, I compete in Olympic lifting and that's like a golf match. You have to be very hush hush, but strongman, it's loud and it's awesome. And, and then my, my, uh, my most recent one was in October and it was in, uh, it was in Delaware. Never been to Delaware. Got to go to Delaware. That was super cool. Um, and being there, the girl that I was competing against, she's amazing. She's super strong. She's um, <laughs> she's a little bit younger than me. So I think she was 15 um, and I was 18 competing um, and she did amazing. And it was, it was super cool to finally like get to get to talk to a bunch of, cause there was a bunch of teenagers there. It, it was, it was strongman core teen nationals. And, um, and there was a, a bunch of girls competing and it was, it was awesome to be able to talk to them. And, and, um, I, I just think, I don't know, I, I could gush about how much I love this sport and love competing in it because it's, it's super cool. I get to, to flash my fancy trophies, <laughs> but also meet the amazing people. And, and, and like, these are girls that I'll be competing against hopefully for the next 10 plus years. Um, and so starting to build that relationship now as teenagers, I think is going to just lead us to be, even closer later on. 
Yeah, there's a few really hot prospects. Um, Sarah Huckleby is 16. She's competing at um, Central Georgia as well, and she's incredibly strong. So a few like kind of in that age bracket that look really promising. Yeah, she's uh, she's strong as Huck on Instagram, by the way. Am I frozen? Yeah, it looks like your video froze, at least on my end here. But um, I was going to say, Sam also just had another great question, which was, uh, would you rather go through the process of training and get second at a strongman show or not train and get first? I feel like that's not even, like, a hypothetical question. Like, <laughs> like how do you – I don't know. Like, I feel like there's no way to not – train and get first i don't know maybe i'm looking at it too literally <laughs> i guess maybe if you were in the novice class potentially you could not train and get first but i'm not sure how that would you, you would have to be a phenomenal natural athlete with some sort of crazy background, I guess, to, to not training at first. But I think also part of the fun of the, of the show is the buildup to it, training and preparing and getting ready for it as well. It's definitely like a catharsis of like all, all the emotion you put into training for it, like as opposed to if you weren't to train for it, but yeah, the training's definitely worth it. And Isaac, I'm back on video now, right? Yeah, you're back now. Awesome. Yeah, so the next one we had was about uh, Gabby as well, I thought. And so it was about this one, Gabby. So where is it? It was a particular style of jerk that you have that I found very interesting. I got to find the post. Um, is it the log one of me pressing my log? Or just... No, it's a, it's a bar and you kind of do a jerk where your, your legs kind of fly out to the side. Maybe it is the log. Yeah. Maybe it is the log. Yeah, it is the log. You're right. Yeah. So this is it. Yeah. Um, so I do Olympic lifting and I've been training that now for a while. So I do split jerk. Um, <laughs> I really, really tried doing split with my log. Um, but I kind of sucked. I wasn't comfortable doing that. So my log has kind of morphed into a push split jerk. Cause it's like, as I get heavier, they start to go a little bit more into that split position, but it's still in that push jerk position. And it's just, you know, it's kind of made itself or manifested itself into my own technique of my log press. Cause I really, again, I have awful upper body strength. Like, <laughs> so squat jerk. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's, it's kind of how I, uh, how I compensate for my super weak upper body. Yep. Josh is saying squat jerk. 
Yeah, split jerk on log is different just in general. Like it's totally different from a split jerk on a barbell. So it makes sense, Gabby, like how you kind of have modified what your body knows how to do and apply it to this totally different situation. So that's really awesome. You found a way that works for you that well. Thank you. It, yeah, you should pat, you should patent that. It's like the uh, Fosbury flop in the high jump in the Olympics. You know that guy is famous. <laughs> Everybody does jerk. it his way now. I was gonna say it looks like a uh, a weird blend of Luke Stoltman and Rob Kearney, where you're you're uh, you're morphing both of their styles together to create the Gabby style. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, Nick, I might have cut you off. Were you going to say something? Well, I guess we're good. And uh, Albert, uh, Albert Brand says that he's currently trying to learn how to split jerk a log, and it is intense. So there you go. You got another high-level high guy there. Yeah, Albert's a cool guy. If you guys aren't following him, he's Brand Strength on IG. And uh, he's out in Minnesota these days. He used to train out of Indiana and uh, now has made his new home. So what's up, Albert? All right, so what do you say, Isaac? Should we move on to our next one? Yeah, let's do it. Um... Yeah, we'll, we got to keep rolling. I got, well, about another hour or so before I have to get off. So we'll see how long this goes. All right. So the next one's for you, Jessica. Jessica explains the front yoke carry. So I kind of really, I reached out to you. You gave me an explanation that was like real scientific and cool. So I said, let's talk about that on the live stream. Yeah. So um, it's a Zerker carry. And I mean, you can, I think you guys are talking about it. You can definitely supplement it if you don't have a Conan's wheel. Um, it's still completely different from if you do a Conan's wheel. Like it just, things just sit different and they feel different. Um, but it is something you can do to supplement for that. But the purpose behind why I'm doing it, I have no Conan's wheel in my future that I know of. Um, but like I said, my coach has been around and I feel like I've, partially asked for this because my thing when I train is I want to I like to overtrain like I like to over like it whatever the comp weight is if I can do more than that I want to train more than that and same thing with carries whatever the carry is like I mean most medleys you're gonna have two maybe three implements but why not do more than that in training um, so this is kind of my own poison that I asked for because I like to overtrain. Um, so the idea behind this is I'm doing the Zerker carry and then I'm also carrying three like 150 pound sandbags afterwards with the sprints in between. So we are pushing my um, fast muscle or fast twitch muscle response in this situation from the carry to sprinting and then carry again while also pushing the load capacity of like the, the endurance of having to carry something that many times 
Um, like you guys were talking about how when you pick up that zerker, you can't breathe. And same thing with the sandbags. You pick those sandbags up, you can't breathe. But I'm pushing myself to do this four different times. So then like um, USS Nationals has a sandbag keg carry to implement like 50 feet, I think. I'm going to overtrain for this. So when I actually go to compete those two implements, that's not going to be that bad because I'm carrying like 800 pounds here in a minute where that's going to cross over to only having to carry like 300 pounds in maybe 30 seconds. Um, so yeah, it's just the idea of building that endurance in this situation and those fast twitch muscles. Um, Cause a lot of people take their time in those transitions between implements and I like to go fast. So <laughs> that's the science behind it. Yeah. And this is the post I meant earlier when I was talking about you do plenty of uh, endurance work yourself. I mean, you're, you're running quite a bit here. Yeah. It's, it's, she's had me do um, during quarantine. I had a, Oh my gosh. It was a duck walk sandbag keg medley that I had to do like four different times, like four sets of it. And it wasn't light. Like she wasn't like, just do some lightweight. Like the duck walk, I think I worked up to like almost 300 pounds on it. The sandbag was like over 200. And then the keg, I think I had the keg. I like, cause it was summertime. So I was dying outside. Um, I think the keg I had at like 160. So, but yeah, just stressing yourself out because if you can take that load and that capacity when you're training, it's not going to be an issue when you're competing. Yeah, it's interesting because some uh, strength athletes don't train competition weight. Like, um, I don't want to call out names, but Terry Hollins, for example, like somebody asked him like, oh, why aren't you training comp weight? And he's like, why would I ever do that? Like some people just don't thrive in those circumstances and other mm -hmm. people do. Yeah, I had. So I mentioned when I went to USS Pro Women's Worlds, how I did terribly. Um, and I feel like part of that was in the fact that I barely ever trained the full comp weight for different things. Not that I couldn't have probably done those weights. Um, it's just, I had a different coach at the time and that was just how he did things. And I went and I bombed I, everything except for stones. I think I got like second on the stone event cause I'm just, I'm good at stones. Um, and um, when I switched to my current coach, I said, look, I'm not going to go to a competition again and not know that I can do those weights. Like I'm going to train those weights. I have really bad anxiety too. So for me, it's like part a mental thing. So I need to know, like, look, you've done this 50 times already before this day. Um, so that's just a personal preference. And I understand like some people don't want to train those weights for like injury risks. But for me, if I can do it, and I can do it safely, I'm going to do it. So. Yeah, it makes sense. If I were competing, I would do the same. How about uh, Nick and Gabby? What are your thoughts on that? Would you typically, I mean, I can kind of tell by your posts, but do you, is your philosophy to get as close to competition weights as possible or uh, leave something in the tank? I normally train either above or below competition weights. So I'll take what the competition is. I'll add another 10%, 20%, say like uh, for CGSM deadlift for reps. I'll do a few weeks of going 10% over, 20% over competition weight, knock out as many reps as possible. And the closer I get to it, knock the weights back down to go maybe 80% of comp weight, 75% comp weight, kind of hit that uh, anaerobic threshold just to get more volume in and uh, just kind of go from there. 
kind of gauge myself. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I see a lot of athletes, or a few actually, they'll say, Bobby Thompson does it a lot. I'm at 85% of comp weight. I'm at 80. Like, there's always a percentage, and he always knows exactly where he is. How about you, Gabby? Um, <laughs> it wasn't until recently that I honestly started, like, training proper comp weights. Um, just because, I don't know if I should say this, but, uh, again, like I said, my dad's, like, a huge person, and, and he honestly... It would just be like, okay, you need to train this and wouldn't tell me how close it was the comp weight or anything. And normally it was just like accessory work and I wouldn't even know the events going into the competition, but he knew them and he knew that I could do them. Um, it, like even with CGSM this year, like I, I'm just training. I know that there's um a, like a, a medley and I trained a little bit of some continental cleans for that one. Um, those suck. I have like a wicked bruise on the inner of my stomach and like on my rib cage and hip from my, from my belt and the heavy bar. Well, it's not super heavy. It was like 160. Um, but honestly, if I'm aware of the comp personally, I try to work heavier than or work up too. So like if, if I know that's going to be a difficult movement for me, I'll try to work up um, incrementally towards that. Um, but like some of the CGSM weights, I'm, I'm like, with the continental clean, I'm going to work more than comp weight. Cause I know I can do more than comp weight. Um, that's just, as I'm, as I'm growing as an athlete and getting further in my career, I, I actually have to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Those are uh, all great feedback from all three of you. So we had another question in the comments about nutrition. Um, just in terms of the, the comment was around comparing to bodybuilding, but as far as strongman is concerned, like, is there so, a certain number of meals per day you're trying to hit macros? Kind of what, how, how do you handle that? Or do you play it more by ear? So for me, I really don't worry about macros or trying to count calories and like that, but I do try to get a few meals in every two and a half to three hours, just because, I mean, you're lifting as heavy as you are, training as often as you do, you're going to start to burn enough calories so you bring in protein, your carbs, everything that you do need. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and try to eat like an asshole going out there and get an Arby's sandwich or, or go to Burger King McDonald's, but I do try to prepare at least two, three days in advance what I'm going to be eating, when I'm going to be eating it, and how often I'm going to be eating it. Cool. How about Jessica? So I used to be really, really good at meal planning and prep. Um, I actually, when I started Strongman, I was about 230 pounds and I cut down all the way to, I think 161 was the lightest that I weighed in um, within a year of competing. So I was really, really good at prepping. I'm a little more lazy now. Um, I kind of make things as I go, but I still do track my macros I'm a champ at getting my protein in every day and I don't take protein powder. So I eat lots of meat, um, and dairy. Um, but I really watch like my caloric intake just because I decided to punish myself this year and cut down to 160 for OSG. So I'm working with, um, my friend actually owns, um, a nutrition company, uh, K Fresca Nutrition. You guys should check them out on Instagram. Absolutely. Um, Give me the details when we end it. I'll put them in the description. Yeah. For sure. uh, so my friend owns that and I like talked with her. I was like, look, like I know what to do, but I need accountability like to be able to cut down to this weight. 
So I'm at a miserable, probably caloric intake for somebody that's lifting like I am. But at the same time, it's like kind of what you have to do if you want to be a weight class athlete, but you also sit at a heavier weight, like comfortably. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of watching what you're doing for sure. And then Gabby, what are your thoughts? Um, I think I'm probably like the worst person about eating. I'm like, okay, it's really dumb. I like, so like I'm in university right now, like I go to school, but I'm only there for a couple of nights a week. And then I'm here for a couple of nights a week. And then it's like, I'm back and forth. So I'm, I'm really, really awful about eating. And that's the worst part. Like I eat, I'll eat too much. And then I'll just like skip meals. Um, so I'm really, really awful, but I can tell. Like my body feels awful and I need to be, I'm dropping for weight class too. For, for OSG, I, I qualified for middleweight. So the like, it's like, I think it's 82 kilos, which is like 180 pounds, 182. And I walk at like 200. So. Yeah. OSG is November 12th, if I remember correctly. Is that right? Yeah. So plenty of time, right? <laughs> Yeah, I remember because I remember because November 11th is my birthday, so I remember that date. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, like with my diet, it's it's uh, it's mostly just eat as much as I can every day because I'm sitting at 300 ish pounds currently, and so if I wanted to drop a weight class, it'd be a really long drop, and considering I'm six five, like. I'd, I'd be a pretty massive middleweight, I guess. So for me, it's just eat, at least eat enough to stay at 300 pounds. Um, and the, the primary thing that I, I pay attention to is, is my protein. As long as I'm hitting enough protein every day, the rest of it kind of balances out. Um, if I notice that I'm losing too much weight, that's when I actually start to pay more attention to my diet and, and ramp everything back up. But, but other than that, as long as I'm hitting the protein, then uh, it's not as big a deal for me. I, I feel, I feel I'm going to give you a friendly piece of advice, Isaac, stay at heavyweight because you do not want to compete against Nick. I'd, I'd at least have a couple inch advantage, but other than that, I don't think I'd have anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that's definitely tougher when you're taller for sure. I was going to say, speaking of that, how tall are each of you? I'm five, six. So I'm in the middle. I'm 5'10". <laughs> wow. Okay. And uh, Nick? 5'6". Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah so, so, so I'm 6'5". So if I was competing head-to-head -head with Nick, it'd be, it'd be, uh, it might be. You would have to be so, so small. Like, you would have to cut so much weight just because your body yeah. puts you at such a <laughs> Like that's terrible. We'll I have a really tall friend that cuts down to <laughs> under 200 and he, I mean, he looks like he starved himself by the time he weighs in, but it's just cause he's so tall. Yeah. I, I'd, uh, I think I'd probably have like a 28 inch waist or something at least, but, um, you know, with a 54 inch chest or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so let's uh, let's roll along here. The next topic I had was actually for Jessica, and I wanted you to walk us through kind of. You, you said that uh, 
pro women's worlds wasn't a good time. Do you want to elaborate on that? I mean, I'm sure you could pick out some positives for us. Um, so I guess like the first thing to say is what ended up happening in no way reflects United States strongman or Willie or the, you know, the people that run that organization. Um, there were a lot of things that came down to just poor planning on the part of the promoter. Um, and it's actually funny. There's a, a uh, discussion in the Women of Strongman Facebook group on it kind of trickled into this. But um, my coach and I don't know her actual last name, but Lizzie Cakes um she's a promoter in pennsylvania and my coach vivi torres they're actually they're on the women's advisory board for uss strongman or for united states strongman because of what happened at pro women's worlds um but i mean it was a fun day and i got to compete against no i wasn't competing against them but there were lauren wells was there jackie hall was there uh Alyssa anderson leah um Birdsall, like all these awesome, like incredible, strong women that you see like on the scene right now, they were all there. So that was really cool. And of course the, the basic camaraderie that you have at a strongman comp. Um, but outside of that, it was a very, very hot day in Texas. <laughs> um, and it was, it was tough. Like we went to the show that we were told like, you know, it's a pro show. And it felt like all this training leading up, you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to a pro show. And half of the women were sitting on cardboard boxes behind a dumpster because that's where our um, our athlete area was. And I mean, it kind of makes you feel like, and I know like this stuff happens like at men's shows too, it's not just women, but the men's pro worlds that year was inside um they they didn't have some of the they didn't have porta potties we had porta potties and we ran out of toilet paper and we had nowhere to wash our hands all day so it was really great because you know women pee a lot when we lift um <laughs> so it was just it was a mess but good things did come out of it um we have the advisory board now and i believe it's been decided upon that future world's women pro shows are going to be organized by women, um, which is a good step in the right direction for women in the sport. Um, and a strongman corp does a lot with the women's pro circuit. And I think USS is trying to also like balance out with that. So I feel like for me, those were some of the positives that came out of the situation. Um, for me as an athlete, it was a dumpster fire. Like, like I said, we did not train the competition events. Um, I was not prepared personally, um, which led to my different approach to training afterwards. Um, but it was an experience for sure. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been a pro by the way? I am not technically a pro. Um, that was one of the other kind of like let down things as you go to this pro show, but there's not actually a pro status given out. Oh, um, yeah, it's kind of tough. Um, one of the little other kind of letdowns that happen, um, but you know, 
we got to learn like organizations have to learn what to do to do better. And I think that was definitely a learning opportunity for the organization. And like I said, the, the women's advisory board came from it. Um, and my coach is heavily involved in that, which is great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. We actually had a, um, a question in the comments. I don't know if any of you are sponsored at all, but a question in the comments about how hard is it to get sponsored in the sport? I would like to be sponsored if anybody would like to sponsor me. <laughs> I'm at so so the stream isn't sponsored, but I have a bunch of stuff in the works. So if I get some relationships, I'll certainly send them your way. I uh, when I competed in high school because I was on our, our like high school weightlifting team, we uh, like it's a rule in Florida that you can't be sponsored and compete for the high school team. Like be sponsored outside of the so. You know, but but now that I'm uh, I'm out of high school, you know, looking for sponsors too. It'd be pretty cool. <laughs> How about you, Nick? Are you sponsored currently? No, no, I am not. Very hard to do in a sport. Yeah, that. So that was the question. How hard is it to do? Like, what would in your mind, like, what would you need to achieve to get noticed in that way? No, you'd have to go to nationals multiple times. OSG. Um, for the guys, Ultimate Strongman, World Ultimate Strongman, just anything on the big stage, records, everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so is, go, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, this is definitely like a pay your dues sport. Because, um, I mean, outside of you, I don't think anybody's ever actually like kind of paid attention to me as a athlete in this sport. <laughs> Like I try, I'm always like posting stuff like, look at me, look at me, look what I can do. I'm kind of okay. Um, but like uh, Nick said, like if you're not, a, if you don't have your pro card and you're not in these pro shows, people are really not paying attention to you. And it it's tough because you got to pay your way to get to that level where people will finally be like, oh, okay, um, we'll invest in you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the one thing that really got me into uh, covering all this. And Isaac does it as well on his channel. Just I started seeing, you know, what people at your levels are achieving. And I'm thinking, like, how are you not better known? You know, so uh, you got my vote for sure. I will certainly support you. And uh, I got a big mouth. So you're going to get noticed for sure. I was going to say, too, like. Because even if you're making it to the national stage or something like that, um, even then I feel like a lot of people aren't really going to pay much attention to you unless you're actually setting like setting records or something like that where it's it's mention worthy basically. Once you get to worlds or something like that, it, it's a little different. But yeah, even if you're on the national stage, most most people aren't going to have a clue who you are unless you've done something. Yeah. Mention worthy, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it depends on the individual scenario too. So like two very good friends of the show, Marcus Crowder and Christine Matthews are both sponsored by the same sponsor. And uh, he is a pro. He won America's strongest man, 2020. I don't think she's a pro yet. She's doing USS nationals this year and she's sponsored as well. So it can happen, but uh, to everyone's point, it, it's, it's rare. This this isn't a sport that you get into to make money and uh, get publicity. Um, it's you're doing strongman because you really like 
picking up weird heavy stuff. Speaking of weird heavy stuff, uh, let's look at Nick lifting some weird heavy stuff. And uh, Nick, I wanted to ask you about your uh, tire flipping here. So I saw this post and your technique looks flawless. Uh, how did you kind of develop being so good at flipping tires? And just another a question for like us laymen in the crowd. How do you find tires to flip? Like, how do you decide one day I need a giant tire and where do you go get it? So... To get those was actually the same day we got these tires when I did this uh this video, but um, we were just driving around town one day, had a trailer, and um, drove by Baxley Tires about an hour from the house, and um, just saw them sitting outside. Go inside, ask the owner, hey, what are you doing with those? And I'll just let you go up there and take them because they got to pay to dispose of them anyways. So you're kind of doing them a favor by going in there and taking out the the big tractor tires. Um, and as for the form. And everything like that, um, like we talked about earlier, there's a lot of endurance that needs to be done for the sport of strongman. Again, not just doing a lot of the static events, overhead press, deadlift, but um, it's actually about moving stuff. So this one right here is like doing five reps, I think, every minute on the minute. And the only way to get good conditioning at it was to get it done as fast as possible. So the main thing, main focus here was that turnover of the hands, that high knee drive, and just getting through as quick as possible. Yeah, that knee drive is so consistent on every rep. That's what I really noticed about yeah, it. And the yeah. funny thing is, like, they have um, – so I'm in New Jersey, and in New York State, they have, like, those sculpture gardens. It looks like that. Like, instead of sculptures, it's a bunch of tires. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's interesting. So um, – and then anyone else want to chime in on tire flipping while we're at it? I was going to say, um, because a little while back, I went and got – a tire when I was first getting interested in it. Um, and so I just called a couple places and asked, you know, what size tires they had. And there was one, there was one place that had a 450 pound tire. And I was like, well, you know, how much do you want for it? And they're like, well, if, if you come and you can load it yourself, you can have it. And so I, I showed up with a truck and then they basically were like, well, all right, if you can get into the back of the truck, you can have it. Like, all right, cool. Watch me struggle for a while, but I got it up there. And so I got a tire. Yeah, they're more willing to get rid of them. Like I said, mm -hmm. you're saving them time, saving them money, saving the aggravation. So they'll gladly, they'll gladly let you go there and take them as many as you want. Yeah, I think I it's always funny like, how many. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Jessica. People like always talk about how when they see tire flips in an event, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to tear my bicep. Like, like Nick's doing it pretty much exactly the way I do it where you're not using your bike. Like if you're using your biceps in a tire flip, you're doing it wrong. Like exactly. it's just not, um, that's not what you're supposed to do. So it looks great. Your arms are just, appreciate it. Your arms are just hook along for a ride. I mean, it's complete leg drives, pushing your hips through. I mean, all leg drives. That's all that is. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting to me to find out where you get these implements. Like, for example, I talked to Matt McDougall about uh, natural stone, and I said, you know, so it's not like an atlas stone where you want a certain weight and shape and you can get it made. Like, natural stones are all different, so how do you get one? And he said, I literally walk out into the forest on my property and find one. And uh, I asked Steve Schmidt the same thing. So he's an overhead Mauser block record holder and super heavyweight. So I asked him, you know, I saw him training with stones. I said, where do you, where do you get them? And he, that was an interesting story. He said, I'm really into fossils. 
So I go down by the river and look for fossils, and that's where I find a lot of my big stones that I use. So you, you come across really interesting stories when you ask these questions. Any of you have uh, do any natural stone training and have a good story about where you found one? I've always really, I've always really really wanted to do natural stones, but I'm too scared. <laughs> I'll, if I ever find one, it's like not the right time, or I'm wearing not the right clothing because I know they can destroy clothing, and I, I have a a nice pair of virus leggings that I just I I can't sacrifice to the natural stone gods. So I I'm like I'm like I want to, but I can't. We went to Natural Bridge during the quarantine and my husband had to stop me from trying to pick up all the rocks that I saw. Like I'd see a big rock and I'm like, I'm gonna pick it up. He's like, you can't pick that up. We're in a national park. Like you can't do that. <laughs> um, it's not yours. Yeah. He's like, we get it. You can lift heavy things. You don't have to lift a heavy thing every time you see it. I'm like, yes, I do. You don't know how this works. Um, but then we went to Crabtree Falls and I did finally let him lift me let him let me lift a rock um and it was very messy so yeah gabby don't wear those virus leggings because you're gonna get mud everywhere um but it was a lot of fun i cleaned it and i was very proud of myself and then i put it back and we went home nice natural stone's my favorite because that's the only straw man implement that naturally occurs on my property so i can uh, play with them <laughs> I actually found a really nice natural stone on a hike a while back and the the trailhead of the hike actually went through a friend's property and so there was this really awesome stone that I really liked about a hundred feet from the car where the car was parked and so I picked it up and carried it back and then weighed it when we got back and it was about 210 but it was the same thing where you know it's it's covered in moss and dirt and everything else and you're sitting there trying to I wasn't wearing nice leggings so that was probably a plus um <laughs> but I think everyone appreciates it when I don't wear leggings, but um, yeah, it was one of those things though, where it's, it's a struggle. Cause especially in Washington, it rains so much. Um, everything's muddy all the time. And so you're sitting there struggling, trying to pick up this big round rock and it's slippery. And, and, uh, but I finally got it. I carried it back to the car. Um, my wife had lots of questions and was wondering what I was doing, but, uh, but I did get it and it's a nice, nice rock. And then when we moved, I gave it to my buddy. So. <laughs> nice. So we have a, a question in the comments, but just real quick uh, promotional break. Make sure to follow everybody you see on here. So for example, Gabby is wicked strong Willits on Instagram. Make sure and follow her. Jessica is Jessica say on Instagram. And Nick is stock underscore strength on Instagram. Make sure and follow them all. Make sure to like this stream, subscribe to my blog, Strongest Man, and go on over to Hunger Smash Fitness and subscribe to him as well so we can keep on bringing you this awesome content with these fantastic guests every week. So now that that's been said, another one for you, Nick. So this was really cool. An overhead axle press, 342, and I call this the uppercut, right? Like whatever it takes. How did that, how did this come about? And how did you finish the lift after having to catch it that way? So for the most part, I've always done my axle clean and press that way. 
and kind of came across it by accident. We had a competition, uh, Georgia's Strongest Man, like 2014, and it was a 275 axle, and I just kept missing and missing and missing. That freaking Continental Clean just kept tearing me up, and I finally just said, screw it. Walked up to the bar and just snatched it as high as I could off the ground and received it just like that with slinging my arm up, and I've kind of done that ever since. And on some other axle videos, you'll see I've kind of just done like a traditional clean, just with a reverse grip, just throw it up as high as I can, get a quick transition, and uh, receive it back at the top. But um, yeah, my background was in Olympic weightlifting as well, so I try to bring that over as much as possible into strongman. So that's the whole story behind cleaning like that. That's a good story, and and I just want to reiterate what I said before. This is 342. Competition weight yeah. is 240. <laughs> let, let's just let's just let that sink in. So granted, competition is a medley, and it's going to be after a uh, it's either a dumbbell or a keg, and then a log, and then axle. But let that sink in. Nick's working 102 pounds over competition weight here. Yeah, I was trying to peak. We're trying to qualify for the uh, that clash on the coast that Anthony Fermer was trying to run. So I was finishing up on that. Did 600 deadlifts for reps afterwards, and then actually starting this week is when I started my official prep for um, Central Georgia. Yeah, Clash on the Coast is going to be another great show. I uh, I know some people like uh, Anthony San Lorenzo, who goes by Muscles Marinara on IG. He's competing there. A lot of great competitors there. There's going to be record breakers. Jessica Fithin's going for a, a 185 dumbbell on her off arm, so got to tune in and watch that. Um, Corey Butler's going for an axle overhead record there as well, so that's going to be an incredible show. So, Gabby, Jessica, any thought? Have you ever had to do some unconventional uh, axle press like this before? No. A couple of days ago, like I said, I was doing continental cleans, and I don't train axle cleans very often. So doing that, like, I, I want to do what Nick is doing here, but I haven't figured out how yet. So I'm still kind of doing that continental clean and just pinching and ouch and not comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> So once I got back from that competition, I pretty much had to take a step back for about two, three months and just switch all my conventional cleans, all my Olympic lifts to doing that right there. So every time I had an overhead press, whether it be strict, push, I always had to do a, a clean like that just to perfect it and uh, go from there. I'm a champ at continental cleans and it sucks because that's how I learned how to clean. So when I try to like, do an olympic style clean it's really really bad um my coach and i have spent a lot of time working on that together and it's just like i can continental clean and axle just so much more easily than trying to do an olympic clean it's terrible so you guys have an advantage like anybody that comes over into strongman with that olympic background you guys have such an advantage over people that learn to clean this way or learn to clean the continental way because it doesn't translate back. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to continental clean multiple times. I don't have the balance for it. I don't have the upper back strength. I don't know what it is, but I can't even do it with freaking 50% of this weight. It just throws me That's way off. crazy. Like I can, like I'm, when I continental clean, I'm already flipping my hand over like before it's even touched my belly. Like, until it gets yeah. like really, really heavy and then I'll let it land. But mm -hmm. half the time, like if it's light enough, I've, I've cleaned, like I've 
lifted it off the floor and I'm flipping in midair to catch it, to flip it up here. Like, and that's how I learned to do it really well and really quickly. So when I try and do like a no normal clean, like my hips are like, I don't know what you want us to do right now. Cause we haven't learned mm -hmm. to do this. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. And what's nice is I can still be doing my uh, traditional cleans on this and at the carryovers just really, really nice. Like on here, my footwork is absolutely terrible. Like I was getting that starfish out, jumping out wide, jumping back. <laughs> and it's just been getting progressively worse. So it's kind of nice that Clash of the Coast is done with the qualifiers. I don't have to worry about heavyweight anymore. I can take a step back, do my conventional cleans and try to get my footwork back to where it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's definitely another tip for anybody wanting to get into strongman spend some time doing Olympic lifts because it helps you so much. Yeah. Yep. So, and when you're doing that, reach out to Gabby Willard. She will help you on how to do them. Of course. I love, love all of that. It's my favorite. Nice. So there was actually a question in the comments about garage gym. So do any of you work out of a garage gym? Yes. That's, that's the only place I work out at this point. So what makes a perfect garage gym in your mind, Nick? Well, it all starts with whatever kind of power rack you get because you get the right power rack. It allows you to be able to squat, overhead press, bench. Um, from there, as you can see, I got the platform sitting out in front of me, so you're going to do more of a clean and press out front. You can do deadlifts, and the sky's the limit from there. You can start adding on everything. So I pretty much start out with the power rack, platform, uh, felt frog, you built a stone platform, get the stones, sandbags. Um, I feel like sandbags would be the next thing on the list just because you can do them for carries, can do them for loads and extensions. So that's just kind of the way I started progressing going through my home gym. Yeah, I've been really surprised at people that I ask about their home gyms, how often I hear car deadlift apparatus, like Stan Carradine has a car deadlift. I think Steve Schmidt does as well. Like it's, it's more uh, prevalent than I would have thought for something so large. I think Jamie Wilson has one too as well. So yeah, great question, Josh. Thank you for that one. So moving on, we're almost at the end, Isaac. So this one was yours, uh, one arm power. So this is a Steinborn squat with one arm. So incredibly impressive. And Isaac, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about this one because you found this particular post. Yeah. Um, so I've done I've done a 315 Steinborn for fun before, and it you know it sucks. It's a miserable lift, um, but but this guy's doing it with one hand, um, and I was you know with the way I was doing it, where you're reaching across, grabbing it, pulling onto your back, like um, his technique is completely different from how I did it. Um, I was trying to mimic Martins as much as possible, basically, um, and so I just. I wanted to give this guy a shout out. I was like, this is insane to see him being able to do that uh, with one arm. Uh, maybe I need to go and try and do it with one arm now, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I was, yeah, I was just watching that. And, and if you look at his other videos too, he's got a lot of other really fun stuff as well. Um, and it's just phenomenal what he's accomplishing um, with one arm. So maybe, maybe I'll try and get him on the, on the live stream at some point and see what he has to say about it as well. But I was like, from having done a 315, you know, for fun and it, it's a, it sucks. It's a weird, it's a weird lift. It's a weird movement. Um, 
Yeah. It's like kudos for this guy. So have, have any of you guys ever done a Steinborn? I've never done a Steinborn, but I've seen this guy's um, Instagram. My boyfriend and I send his, his post back and forth because I'm always so astonished at what he's doing. It's so impressive. <laughs> it's like, it's, I just, I, it's amazing. Yeah, I haven't done one either, but Lauren Wells is always doing crazy circusy stuff like that. But yeah, that's like super, like just knowing how balance and physics work with weights. I mean, that's just incredible. Like, it's awesome to see that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah really stuff like that, or, or or JT Sowards when he's like laying on the ground, leg pressing yeah. with the weight just on his feet. It's just unbelievable uh, amount of balance. But go ahead, Nick. Sorry, I cut you off. No, that's mad props to him. That's very impressive. I just I've never done a stomp, but it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it's it's weird because the amount of like, I mean, like I said, the heaviest I've done is is a, a three fifteen, and it. Um, I don't, I don't think I go much heavier than that, but the amount of, uh, just strain. Cause like the way, you know, one side of your torso is compressed and the other is tight trying to pull it back. And like, it's just, it's a weird movement. And, um, yeah. And so I just thought it was crazy that he's able to do it stabilizing with, with one hand basically. Yeah. I'm going to try it one of these days, but I think one plate will suffice for me. And then the next one you had, Isaac, was Wesley Claiborne, super duper eccentrics. You want to uh, talk a little bit about this one? Yeah, um, and and I know we've you know we've talked about eccentrics on on the live stream before. Um, if you watch you know my interview with Travis, he talks a lot about the importance of doing eccentrics and everything. Most of the time, when we talk about eccentrics, we're doing two to four second, you know, something maybe up to six seconds. Um, the way Wesley's going about it with what is that like a 10 second eccentric? Um, if you want to be, you know, one of the best in the U S at least take your time. So I, I kind of wanted to ask too, does this count as cardio? I would definitely say it's some of that like load endurance, like just having to hold that weight that long. That's crazy. I'd be struggling to breathe. I'd, I'd bat the end of it. I'd be like, <laughs> I know for a fact. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mean, because like I said, when I'll do, when I do eccentrics, I think the longest I'll do is four to six seconds. And even that six seconds, not very often. Usually it's about four seconds. And then I might do a couple reps of it or something. But um, that's, that's a... Uh, that's crazy the way he's going about that. Nick, do you do many eccentrics in your training or is that uh, something you don't like as much? <laughs> I do not leading up to a competition like I am right now since we're like three, four weeks away. But once we get done with that, I'll throw them back in. But again, like you said, for three, four, five seconds, nothing, nothing like this, but definitely have to give it a try. Yeah. And, and I mean, one, if you've watched previous uh, episodes, we've talked about eccentrics are a great way for long-term strength and conditioning um, or strength and power, I guess. Um, 
where yeah like you said you're not doing it immediately outside of a contest you're more doing it a couple months out typically um kind of looks like we lost my blocks strongest man i'm not sure yeah, i'm just uh, i'm just off camera because i got my little buddy with me and i don't want him on camera but i'm still here in audio oh, okay. but I, I think we're wrapping up soon anyway aren't we yeah i think we just had uh one or two more posts that we we're gonna go through no we got them all oh that's it okay that's it. awesome so I'd like uh, to uh, take a moment to thank all our guests, Gabby Willis, Jessica Mitchell, and Nick Stock. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Everybody definitely go follow all of them. Go on over to Hunger Smash Fitness once again. Subscribe to YouTube on him, and he's also Hunger Smash Fitness on IG. I am my block strongest man. Subscribe here and like this stream, please. Let us know any ideas in the comments below that you want us to cover next time or athletes that you'd like to see who are equally as impressive as the three wonderful guests we had today. So thanks again for joining us. Thanks to all our guests. We really appreciate your time. And uh, we'll be talking soon. Thanks, thanks everyone. Have a good one. Ciao, homie. Bye. <laughs>